Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Oakland Great Association. He's Luis Ozardo. Yeah, Jesus. 2019 through 2021. From Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida. Oakland career records. Stats. Five wins. Six losses. 4.79 ERA. 31 games. 115 strikeouts. Jesus, your $25 gift card to the closest Margaritaville in Miami will be sent. He doesn't get a gift card to um, Los Tres Amigos? You know, I was going to say Casper's Hot Dogs because that sounds pretty bomb. But yeah. yes. que no los dos? All right. Anyways, you don't get a discount on your in- car insurance anymore from State Farm. Chris Martin, sta- Chris Martin, yeah, that's right. I like a good Creek. neighbor. Woo! Uh, welcome to Town Tailgate Podcast. Uh, that is Julio Renoso inducting newest member of the Oakland Great, the Oakland Great Hall of Fame, Jesus Lazardo. Hats off to you. You know, it was a lot. We expected a lot from you, uh, which is unfair. Um, we were extremely impressed at times. Um, and you gave us some a lot a lot more highs than you did lows, and we wish you nothing but the best, buddy. So, uh, congrats! All all good luck to you in um, the fair state of uh, of uh, uh, Florida. But we have a new member of the A's, Julio. Girl! Starling Marte, Girl! outfielder. Um. We'll jump into that in a second. Sorry, I forgot to do the whole thing. Welcome to the Yoga Podcast. Yeah. Uh, member of the Around the Diamond Podcast Network. Um, thanks to ADT for giving us some some love today when that massive trade went down. But we're going to do things a little bit differently this episode. We're going to start with the biggest story of the day because we all know you want to hear us talk about the biggest story of the day. Today, straight up trade. The Oakland A's trade Jesus Lazardo to the Miami Marlins in exchange for Starling Marte outfielder and some cash considerations uh, just we might as well just break that down for you right now basically what it's saying is the a's asked the marlins to pay a large portion of starling the remainder of starling's contract this season um we don't know ex- the exact numbers because david force did not speak on it but it sounds like he they're paying about 90 percent of his contract this season that was the only that was kind of the way that uh we were able that Derek jeter was able to convince uh, us to make it a straight up trade. Julio, 
Uh, I know you were very excited, but your initial thoughts when you heard the news this morning, what was that, at 9.30? Yeah, 10, uh, actually, 9.30-ish. Um, shout out to Rich Slatter, because Rich texted me. He's like, yo, you see this Hayes news? I'm like, yeah. Boom, and then I pulled it up. Um, wow. Wow. And like, we talked about how, oh, who are your hypothetical guys and whatever, and uh, we just thought, like, that he was not going to be in the, even in the conversation because it's like the asking price is going to be a little high. I know there's some money that was going to be attached to his contract this year. So we thought I for sure was like, no, that's not going to happen. Julio, I literally when you when we talked about him two weeks ago on our tra- on our like little too early trade deadline podcast, I literally said because remember you asked your realistic trade, your like hope you get it, and then there's no fucking shot. He was like my no shot. Like there's no way in hell I thought we were going to get him. Like he was just too out of price range. Yeah, and um. Shit, the a, they the A's probably did offer the best deal you could get for him, which is Jesus's. Unfortunately, it's it's his Jesus Cesardo, but yeah. we'll talk a little bit more on that end. But uh, initial reaction, stud. They just got somebody who, if he was healthy, um, he he was hurt for a little bit um, before the All Star break, and but he probably would have been an All Star for the Marlins this year. Guy's got a he's two time gold glove winner. He was an all star. He's a career 288 hitter. He's hitting 306 right now. Um, you were super hyped about his on base percentage. Where is he at? He's he's ninth, in, he's ninth in the league in OBP with with uh 407. Um, which one thing that we have seen benefit tremendously this season from having a high on-base percentage guy at the top of our order, Mark Canna. Um, for him, if we have him hitting right behind him, that's extremely beneficial. It's reliable It's reliable hitting. Sorry, I interrupted you a little bit. Keep going. No, no, because I, I'm glad you did because it gave me a second. We're all, we're all huge fans of leadoff Canna and what he does for being on base. Uh, Canna's on-base percentage is 379. So, yeah. granted, Marte's played 20 less games. But still, uh, I like Fossey's analogy he had on the broadcast Anytime earlier today. Anytime your OBP is over yep. three fifty, you're you're a good on on base guy. Yeah, uh, he he steals. He's not afraid to. He's got some. He's got pop. He he hit the most home runs he's hit in his career was twenty three with um, with Pittsburgh back in twenty nineteen. Um, so he's he's willing to use it. Or but Fossey's analogy was great. He's like he's one of those guys that like. He's not a home run chaser. If you get and that's what kind of makes him so great is he he's not necessarily going after that. And when it because of that, it happens more often. Um, but yeah, two time goal two time goal glove winner. Now it's going to be long term is at least for the rest of the season going to be fantastic because you're looking at he's more than likely I think he's going to be the starting center fielder. Ramon's going to go to right, or now you have a lot more flexibility because we all know how. Uh, fickle, like Ramon's injury history can be at times. So it's just like giving him that day off and and just giving him a break, not covering so much ground all the time, and having to do those runs and those quick stops out of nowhere. And just I want to say real quick before you keep going, Marte has a good arm, but.
but it's just not as good as Ramon. So it's more beneficial no. to have Ramon in right field and then mm-hmm. Starling Marte in center who can cover just as much ground and is not pr- like uh, keen to prone those prone injuries that yeah. are injury prone to nagging injuries like Ramon is. Sorry. And David Force uh, during like the, kind of the the press junket this morning afternoon was kind of saying like we thought he was the best position player available and kudos dude this is arguably for what they well for what they were looking for he they thought he they were he was the best position player available for what they were looking for which was an outfielder yeah this is probably if you think about the last like we haven't had this high impact of an offensive player at the trade deadline since jesus I, I want to give I want to Jermaine die at position player. Like like Lastella was nice last mm-hmm. year, but we knew what to ex. We we you know there was very much a a, a plateau, yeah. but it's like I don't think we've had somebody this talented come through at a trade deadline and yeah that's maybe that long. Like, that's that's the only one I can think of. Yeah. I'm trying to think of 2006 and they didn't really make any trades at the deadline because they were just so fucking good. Yeah, they were already pretty um, stacked. So I, I want to give credit for, to David Force because the past two seasons at the deadline, they have a very clear need that they need to address, and they get the best player available on the market at that position. So kudos to you. You're not holding back. Uh, you, I think this season you're going for a little bit more. You know, last season we needed a second base and we got the best available. He was good, but he's no fucking like he's no Chase Utley. You know what I'm saying? But he, but he was good. He was the best at that position. This is the exact same situation, in, in my opinion. I mean, I guess you could argue that Chris Bryant plays outfield, but I, you know, he's a third baseman. You know, so I guess the best player available at outfield was Starling Marte. Now, yeah. Um, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, no, I was just gonna ask, like, what were your kind of initial thoughts? Like where I mean, you kind I of the texted same you my initial thoughts. I was sad because I I saw that it was Luzardo, and then we talked through that a little bit more. And and I just and I I didn't text you this. I texted Mason this. But as we talked through like the need and like going for it, and um, to me it felt like it was it's a major like punt on this offseason like it's going to be 2014 again but then i looked at the contracts for our our starting rotation right now everybody is locked up until beyond next season so it's not necessarily a we're 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 gonna push it all in this season and we're gonna reset this offseason and get a bunch of prospects no they still their rotation is figured out next season already and we have two young guys coming up who are looking pretty good. If AJ Puck can stay healthy, he was our top prospect for a long time. And Dalton Jeffries is pitching above average in minor leagues, and he's more or less ready to come up. So it's not like we lose depth either. At the end of the day, Jesus Lazardo was not on the major league roster. This rotation, like we got very lucky this year. It kind of figured itself out, and it figured itself out like beyond what anybody's expectations were. And pretty and, quickly too. By like end of yeah. May, we were pretty much set. And and we th- there was really no place for him on the roster in that rotation spot. And you look at the future past 2023, you know, Bassett's going to be a free agent in 2023. is going to be a free agent in 2023. I probably don't – those guys are probably going to be gone realistically. Um, but after that, Cole Irvin is locked up until 2026. James Caprillion is locked up until 2027. A.J. Puck is locked up until 2026. 
Uh, I haven't looked at Dalton Jeffries, but I'm sure that he's locked up for a long time. Our rotation for the future is set. James Caprillion is probably going to be the future ace of our staff, and I think this move also shows that the front office has a lot of confidence in James Caprillion, and they've been very impressed by him this season and what he can do beyond just like rookie like flash. I think they really think that his mechanics and the way that he he approaches pitching and approaches um, each at bat. Uh, and they're very impressed by it, so they kind of want to build the rotation off of him in the future. But for the A's fans out there, I, there was a lot of you on Twitter that were really complaining about it. Like, why are you getting order of a guy who was locked up till who's under contract till twenty twenty six? Well, again, this isn't this isn't two thousand fourteen. This isn't Johannes Cespedes for John Lester. This is a guy who was not on the major league roster. He's a prospect, but he's not on the major league roster. Being moved for a guy who can make an impact for us now for an offense that we desperately need base runners. We desperately need base runners. Chris Bierman wrote a, a fantastic article that Julio brought to my attention today. That's Bay Area sports guy. He's a new beat writer for the A's, uh, for the athletic, where the A's had a very clear and dying need in these past two months in this rough stretch that we've had. They can't get on base. Um, they can't, they're unreliable with hitting. They're not consistent. They can't figure out the two hole, and they they've been trying to to make up for the lack of consistency for base runners. They've been trying to be very aggressive on the bases. What does Starling Marte do? He hits very high average, consistently high average. If you look at it, there's not a lot of slumps in his career. Um, he's extremely aggressive on the bases, hence the 22 stolen bases and 25 attempts. Um, and 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 uh, uh, he can fill in that num- that two hole right behind Canna. Give us some consistency. You can move Oli down. T- you leave Oli at three. You can move Ramon at four. Get a little more power there. Anyway, there's a lot you could do there. And 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 it's just it, and it's relief for Ramon in the outfit. I mean, the, the, he he just like checks so many boxes that we desperately need right now. A lot like kind of what Listella did last year. So. You know, I've talked myself into it, obviously. No, yeah. And, it, it was mainly just it was mainly looking at the contracts of the starters that we have and being like, oh wow, you know, like we're kind of fine. Like we don't need Lazardo next season. So let's kind of dig a little bit deeper into that before we kind of just go and talk about the our fantasies for the rest of this op, um, season with the team. But yeah. we saw what happened last this season with Lazardo, with you know getting lit up at the start of the season had the hand injury playing video games um, and then comes out of the pen. It was just throwing up meatballs. Then was in triple A. He wasn't doing good at all until his last couple starts. And uh, I think the thing that we feel, I think we can kind of sleep on a little bit more is, and we, we've talked about this before on the show and offline. If this is what we're going to have to deal with him right now, he just doesn't go with the timeline of this current team. Yeah. And that was the biggest thing. It's it's so hard because we've seen what he could do in the right environment. You just you got to be patient with them. But at the same time, uh, throughout his whole career in Oakland, or really his whole baseball career, even before he became a pro, he's had injury problems. Um, he had Tommy John when he was in high school. He had the shoulder surgery when the A's work. Um, he got, you know, no fault of his own, but, you know, he got COVID. He got, uh, yeah, this hand injury. He's There's only something going on with him. And I understand that being 23 years old, he's still super young. He's still super raw. It's just that it's an ongoing concern. And 
I hate to see it. I hate the, I hate to see him leave because like we all that guy was become like seeing him in like the press junkets, just seeing the stuff in the mountain. He was like, all right, I'm ready to invest and this is gonna be my favorite player going forward. Yeah. But uh it, that's just the reality, man. This isn't somebody on Twitter said this and I, I love the analogy. It's like, dude, this isn't fantasy baseball. This isn't fantasy football where you can just, oh, I'm gonna glut those global players and just trade them. Like, no, if you're gonna go for the big guns, you're gonna have to be willing to give up a little bit something yourself. You know, I guarantee the A's could have made a bigger move last summer and they probably could have gone to somebody better than Tommy Lestella, but at that time, you know, the, that wasn't the right move. So they just gave up Franklin Barreto, who, you know, that didn't really work out for the Angels either. Um, but yeah, it, it sucks. I think he's he'll get it together. He's going to be home. But for a quick second too, that Miami rotation is disgusting. Disgusting. They have six Holy guys. Crap. Yeah. They have six guys. Like they're gonna have to figure out a way to like not let one of them pitch like in, in two years. Like they have they're, six they have six studs. And they're all super young. They're all twenty five and under. So uh Sandy Contra was like the main piece in the I wanna say JT Romuto trade. He's yeah. turned into a stud so far in the season. Uh, Trevor Rogers, he was a lone all-star for the Marlins. He's been struggling a little bit lately, but he's still pretty good. Sixto Sanchez was going to be like the rookie of the year this year, but then mm-hmm. um, he had surgery, so he's out the whole year. Edward Cabrera is another guy that's tearing up in AAA. Uh, now you're going to add Lazardo to that mix. Like, yeah, they're going to have some filthy arms. I know, and I don't know where John read this out. Shout out, you know, our guy, John Fish, Super Halo Bros. But um, he was saying there's a rumor that the angels are connected to trying to get one of those arms. Hmm. And he was saying that Joe Adele, who's like the top outfield prospect for the angels would be a part of that package, which I think that's a, that yeah. I think that would be a, a must move. Like if you can, if Absolutely. the angels could get like Sandy Alcantara, yep. Do it. Yeah. I, I, that'd be a solid move for them because they desperately need pitching prospects for the future. And they have more than enough offense, obviously with the two, with the three, you know, stars that they have. Um, yeah. I'm very curious to hear what Billy Gill says tomorrow on the Levitard show and his reaction. Uh, I can't wait to hear that. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, but one thing that was really sticking in my head a lot today was um, when we did our opening day preview this year and we found out that Seabass was starting opening day and it wasn't Lazardo. The first thing that I said was, we're going to have plenty of opening days in the future where Lazardo will be op- will be the opening day starter. So let's give Seabass this one. He deserves it. And like I just like that really like resonated with me today where it's like wow, like he's gone now. Like that statement is not like going to come to fruition and it's like I don't know. It it just bummed me out a little bit, but at the end of the day, you know what honestly, you know what made me feel better today was that we beat the shit out of the Padres 10 to yes. 0. That was really what made me feel better. But and uh we're going to get to that in, uh, yeah. later, but yeah. And we're we're gonna jump to the rest or so in a minute, but now let's just let's just play some hypothetical. Let's just fucking hype the shit out of each other. Yeah. Do the A's have the best starting outfield in baseball right now? With those see, that's, three. That's, see, that's that's been that's been going through my mind all day too. I'm glad you put this on the rundown without he, he snuck this for the listeners, he snuck this in there without telling me. Um but <laughs> I mean And I, I put I, a bunch of outfield groups in there too, so we can kind of say yes or no. Yeah, see? man. Oh no if 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 Bellinger wasn't having the shittiest season ever, it would be the the Dodgers. But then let's but run let's run through this. Bad. Let's run through okay. this. So the first one I wrote down: Red Sox outfield, J.D. Martinez, Hunter Renfro, 
Alex Verdugo. Yeah. It's a really good outfield. I like really good. Yeah. That's a, that's the one I think he's is thinking, a, a legit he's thinking toss about up. it, listeners. He's thinking about it. Yeah, that one. Play. That one's I think quiet for too long. I had to let them know. <laughs> um, I think because of the versatility of the A's defensive out, like defensively with those outfielders, I would give the slight adjustment to them. But like the Red Sox, all those guys are sluggers. The thing with Renfro is he only hits home runs. He's not much of an average guy. So I feel like that Yeah, but takes he's got his... a cannon, though. That's what helps but him But I think of... that takes him down a little bit, though, whereas, like, our three guys pretty much do everything. Except for Marte. He's not much of a home run hitter. But he can hit home runs yeah. if he wants to. Um, Rays, Randy Rosarina, Kevin Kiermaier, Brett Phillips, uh, A's. Great defense, but there's more those... potential. There's more potential with that outfield, but they're not better yet. Maybe yeah, with Randy. I mean, Kiermaier's been around forever, but yeah, it's mainly because of mainly because of Randy. Kiermaier's yeah. kind of you know he's on the batter long the lower end of his <laughs> career now. Uh, the Blue Jays: George Springer, Randall Gritchett, Oscar Hernandez. No, that's a good one too. But it's not better than he is. Agreed. White Sox: Eloy Jimenez, Luis Robert, and Adam Engel. Eight. This one, this one is close because of Eloy, but that's literally it. And then, yeah, we'll see what Luis Robert's been hurt. Yeah, are good. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Reds, Nick Castellanos, Jesse Winker. This one's Winker. a real contender. This one's a real contender. Sorry, no, nobody's, I, I cut you off. Go yeah, ahead. Say, say uh, nobody's going to hurt, kill you with their glove. But, yes, I think so. Like, this is the best. I think that's probably the best offensive trio of those three. But I would, if you want to take an overall scale, I'd, I'd still take the A's outfield. All right. Uh yeah. Brewers, Jackie Bradley Jr., Lorenzo Cain, Yelich, and uh, Avisil Garcia. I'm going to go with Thays on that one, too. The fact that you had to add in the fourth out of the field, I think, says a well, lot. Well, yeah, because that. they're all hurt and shit. Yeah. Dodgers, Cody, Mookie, Chris Taylor. One year ago, yeah. Yeah. One year ago, yeah. <laughs> I think if you're present day, I would go with A's. But who knows? If Cody Bellinger could... Excuse me, like Mookie come back from his injury. Cody comes back and snaps out of it. Last two matches, he's going this tear. Because they, they can do that. But um, I'd put the A's over in front of him right now. And then last, I think this is might be the best one. Will, Meyer, Will Myers, Tommy Pham, Trent Grisham. I, I still like the A's uh, okay. a little bit better. So uh, he, okay, let me let me let me uh, throw it let me throw it to you a different perspective. The A's have zero outfielders, and almost every single one of these outfields has at least one – or all-stars, sorry. The A's have no all-stars in that current outfield. They have a lot of guys who maybe could have been, probably probably should have been, um, and got like got robbed, but that wasn't – that's not quite the case. You look at all these outfielders, all these outfields, most of them have at least one all-star in it. So it's like – I mean, now we have one. Was Marte an all-star? This he year? was an all-star in 18, 16? Oh, 2016. Yeah, he's been an all-star. I mean, but I'm but like, you're right, though. Him, Ramon, and Canna sure. probably could have been all-stars this year if they didn't get hurt. Yeah. Yeah. So what, I would probably put Boston first, Oakland second, and then San Diego. The Dodgers, ugh. I know they're not playing well, but it's so like if yeah, I were to build a team for the future, they're the number one contender. Yeah, you know, it's 
Yeah, they're they're like Cody's still stupid young. Mookie's one of the best players in baseball, and yeah, yeah, it's yeah. tough. But we got hey, there's another ace trade, but we're gonna talk about that later, folks. Yeah. Let's jump into All the right. big three. We got Let's some. Let's move on to the actual podcast. Yes. <laughs> now we're starting. We're gonna go into a a little seg little two minutes in. Yeah. Uh, the big three. We're gonna lead it off with some uh, sleepless in Seattle. Shout out to Tom Hanks, Oakland great, but. Uh, Seattle had arguably one of the best wins all season long for many team Monday night. They hit a go-ahead grand slam to take the lead on the division rival Astros, only for the following morning to trade their best reliever and one of the guys who's been the best in all of baseball this season, former Oakland great Kendall Graveman, to said Astros. And boy, people in that clubhouse were pissed. And not only did they did that, Julio, the next day they traded for to acquire a reliever, Tyler Anderson, from the Pittsburgh Pirates. I don't. I mean, I, we can jump into obviously the the uh, issues with that whole thing. Um, that must have been very awkward for Kendall to literally just walk across the field to the other clubhouse and have to put on this uniform and be like, "Hey, I'm here now." But um, he was pissed too. Like they showed, yeah. he interviewed him in his afternoon. He was like close to tears because why wouldn't you be? And yeah, that so the return was so Kendall Graveman and Rafael Montero, who came from the Rangers and the Seattle DF, DFA'd him, go to Houston in exchange for Abraham Toro, who's already hit two home runs for Seattle. It's pretty funny. And then uh, 37 year old Joe Smith. Washed ass Joe Smith. Uh, Chris, I got a couple spicy quotes from you from uh, anonymous uh, Seattle players. They felt they were betrayed, was the word of the day. First quote here Are you fucking kidding me? It never changes. They don't care about winning. How do you trade him and say you care about winning? And you trade me Houston, it never changes. Can we give some context in between that? The Mariners are two games back behind Oakland for the second wild card spot, so they are not a bad team right now. They're they took good three out of four from the A's this last series. They yeah. are they're almost there, man. Um, second quote: He hasn't come down here. Said a, a player said of Depoto, Jerry Depoto is the the GM. Um, he sits up in his suite playing fantasy baseball and rips apart our team without telling any us anything. No one. Another player said no one has heard a thing. And later texted. I've seen a lot of guys walk out that door, but this one hurts the most and is the most fucked up. This team deserves an explanation. Interesting. I mean, you don't expect the GM to go down there and talk to him and like try and talk him through it, but yeah, the same series. But what I don't get is then they go, he goes out and he gets a reliever. Like, why are you going to go trade for a reliever? If you already have one of the best ones in baseball this season, it makes no sense to me. Well, you would think you, they want to add to their bullpen more. I want to say Tyler Anderson's actually been a starter this year. Let me check. Yeah, he's a starter. Oh, I thought he was a reliever. Oh, okay. Maybe they'll convert. Well, Crandall Graven was a, a starter. I'm curious. He was. I'm curious as to what their bullpen like ERA is like was it really good and then their starters were bad? I don't know. I I don't have those numbers in front of me. I wasn't prepared for that. But well, let me go ahead and rant it, a little it, bit, I and you can go ahead like and pull was, it up. That while... was such a weird. Okay, cool. 
Yeah, see, that's what we're here for. It's just, yeah, it's a slap in the face because Seattle has been, it's only the end of July, but Seattle's been one of the best stories in baseball. It's just a lot of these young kids who we've been talking about for the last few years, like Kyle Lewis, Jared Kelnick, um, a lot mixed with like the vets of like Kyle Seeger. They're they're coming along and they've been playing really good ball. I think a lot of us who've been paying attention to this team thought that they're going to be a few years away from contention. They're just too young. They're too raw. But all of a sudden, they don't care. They're playing that way. And it's 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 pretty disgusting, especially after trading them to like arguably the most hated franchise in American sports right now. And they're in your division. Like, why? Yeah, none of it makes sense. Um, I have a feeling we're going to probably be hearing more fallout from this as time passes. But it's an absolute slap in the face. And, like, Seattle fans, shout out to my boys, Kyle Sennon, Ryan Fox, Greg Ramirez. Um, They deserve better. Just like we're tortured, we're tortured as fans, as ace fans. I don't think we're nowhere near as tortured as what Seattle as a city really in sports has gone through. So they rank around the middle for bullpen. They rank 16th. In, uh, in the league in bullpen, so getting rid of that doesn't make any sense. Um, and then for overall team ERA, because starters is not a separate. I don't know why, but starters is not a separate stat. They're 20th in the league in ERA for total pitching. Wow, the A's bullpen is really good. It feels like it's been so bad lately. They're in the top 10. Anyway, um, <laughs> I get distracted when I look at stats sometimes. Um, as the listeners know, because they I hear me do it all the time. Um, yeah, I don't. Th- I, this doesn't. I, this move doesn't make any sense to me. If you're in contention, you don't get. Re- you're not selling, um, and then buying the next day. I. I yeah, I don't know, dude. That this uh, that front office and that ownership has been doing this for 25 years, though. So it's like, I mean, their team president got fired this past off season because all that leaked audio of him talking to the boosters. So it's like. Yeah, it really does. Shit show over there. It it really does just seem like something's. I feel bad for Mariner fans. Sorry, Brad. Brad Field, shout out. Oh shit, Brad's. I feel. Yeah, Yeah, we know. I feel bad for you, buddy. Like you, no wonder why you're you, just like, grasped at the very last, um, like you know, just grasped so heavily onto Ken Griffey Jr. It's been like the only bright spot of your guys' franchise, except for you, Drew. All right, let's move on. This is depressing. Okay. Uh, Never folks, happy. Um, the Cleveland baseball team, which is what we've been calling out on this podcast for um, quite some time. At least I have. Um, Julio does every once in a while. Yeah. Uh, grasping on to that anymore. We don't have to because they have a new name. The Cleveland Guardians. Don't know why they chose the Guardians, but they did. Um, <laughs> I was pretty upset that they used our boy Tom Hanks as the voiceover for their um, video to release this information. Julio, that's kind of an insult, right? Why would Tom Hanks accept that? So isn't that, kind I, of, isn't that kind of fucked up? I think there is a Cleveland connection somewhere. To Tom with, Hanks? I. Is one of his movies like take the Sleepless in Seattle take place in Cleveland and the title's just wrong? I'm so confused oh, by this. 
he studied theater in Cleveland. Well, he's an Ace fan. Hate to break it to you, Guardians fans. Yeah, it's yeah. Well, no, um, so I anyway. do have I do have because a lot of us were confused why the Guardians. Because right? it was between this, the Rockers, and what was the third one? Because they spiders? announced the three that the, the spiders. They announced the three that they are narrowing it down to. So in Guardians of the Galaxy, Peter Quill is actually a big uh, Cleveland fan. And they thought it would be a really good way to connect to the younger fans. Is, is that is not you... true. Are you fucking with me? Okay, no. I'm not so, going to lie. You almost fucking had me there for a second. <sighs> He's from Kansas, isn't he? Uh, oh, yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Uh, but they're on one of their Seems main bridges hard. in the city on the Hope Memorial Bridge. There's these gigantic statues. There's mm-hmm. stone. I'm going to butcher this. Edifices. <laughs> And that they're referred to as traffic guardians. And that it's they're these they're these statues that have been there for forever. Or for long for as long as that bridge has been there. And um and somebody I don't know, I think it was actually Cleveland's Twitter account, pointed out that uh like the f- opening shot of Major League Base of uh not Major Major League. Major League, yeah. Thank you. Well, I was like Major League Baseball, what? Is of you one weren't of those, that far off. It is one of the bridge guardians. So they're like, oh, it's been hidden in there all along. So, and to have people hating on it, you know what? Our team name is the Athletics. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, A's, I, A's are cool, but, but that's uh, that's tradition. I mean, Connie Mack named his team the Athletics, and they haven't changed it. Look. I'm not going to hate on it because anything's better than the racist offensive name that it was before and mascot. So I'm just happy that they changed it finally. Like, that's great. Like, maybe the Washington football team should have, like, been better and, like, not had to be forced to do that as well. But I don't know. It's, yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm just happy that it did. So good for you guys. You guys are the Guardians now. Yeah. It's a good ode to the city. Um, and also watch if you watch the Very Twitter one. Yeah. If you watch like the Twitter announcement video, you realize, God damn, they've had some amazing players come through in our lifetime. Like that the guys have even if they yeah. never got a title out of it, but like there's some absolute like legends have come through that locker room. Mm-hmm. Um but it's great. It's long overdue. I hope this is a start of other things across sports and I doubt we have any listeners who are like this. You know, this isn't cancel culture. This is just like people are learning more about other people's cultures and histories. And they realize that some things are not okay. And that's the part of being human, man. You're you, are you really just kind of stick with kind of your old ways and not adjusting to it? No, that's a shitty way to live. You're going to learn, live and learn. That's kind of the life motto. I believe so, it was Ad Rock who said famously um, someone called him a hypocrite for um, being an advocate for women's rights and um, uh, feminism um, in the early 2000s. And some writer called him a hypocrite because a lot of his songs, mainly from the album, this is Ad License Rock, to Ill, like in the Boys. 80s. Yeah, License to Ill, which was a joke album. If you know anything about that album, you know that album was a completely satirical album. Anyway. Um, was offensive to women, and he said, I would rather be a hypocrite than be the same person forever. And 
I think that's Absolutely. pretty right. You know, he learned from his lesson and he changed. So that's great. So good for Cleveland. Uh, great day for kind of a, the black. There's honestly been a lot of things that have been riding that baseball has been riding as of late between this, between the player lines, new coalition, all this money that's getting funded towards yeah. them. Major yeah. League Baseball recognizing the Negro Leagues with their records. It's a lot of good progressive things that have been happening in baseball that I think is in the long run, it's going to be fantastic for the game. It's going to attract more people to it. I, I still wish they would have taken the Rockers because Rockers is dope. But speaking of Rockers, Julio, see that segue? Damn, that's a good one. So uh, Kumar Rocker, he was a first-round pick for the uh, New York Metropolitans. Um, he was arguably one of the best pitchers in – was one of the best pitchers in college uh, baseball this past season. He was predicted to be a top-five um draft pick um he ended up falling to like somewhere in the 20s to the number 10 number 10 whoa way off (laughs) cut that by 50 percent. anyway he ended up falling into the mets at number 10 uh he still now has not signed his uh contract nor his signing bonus and the rumor is that he could potentially have some elbow issues which is the reason why that contract signing is on the rocks so i was talking to julio about this yesterday I was a little shocked when Jack Leiter went before Kumar Rocker because all of the um, prospect rankings anywhere um, when you looked into the draft or draft rankings had Kumar Rocker like number two and Jack Leiter was like number 10 or nine. Um, and he got passed up and it was it went the other way around. So there, this, this must have been somewhat known, but maybe the Mets were willing to take the risk. I, I mean, eh. You know, if he if he has an elbow issue, then he just gets a new elbow. He has Tommy John, and you know he'll he'll work through it in the minors. You know that's what development league is about. That's what I that's my thought process. I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. So he did not participate in Major League Baseball's voluntary MIA program, in which the top 50 pitching prospects are asked to undergo the test prior to draft. Um, Pretty interesting. I know you watched a lot more college baseball than I do, but from what I remember, from what I've watched and from what I've read, he was a workhorse for Vanderbilt, right? All, he was but that's out, how Vanderbilt always is. Just, But, yeah, he was going out there throwing, you know, complete games consistently. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, you know, not everybody's built the same. You can't do that just because you're doing that with um, Jack Leiter. No. doesn't mean it's going to work for another player kind of thing. No, the Vanderbilt manager, his name's blanking right now for me. Um, he's known to just workhorse his pitchers, but it kind of works out for them because they always they they play well, but they they showcase well, and scouts like that, and they always get drafted high. Sonny Gray, David Price, going down the list. There's plenty more guys of that, um, and so it kind of works out for them. But I don't know. Yeah, he just he he always he always does that for them. I, I don't I it just I guess it just didn't work out this time for them. So if they can't make an agreement by when is it December 1st then Tim Corbin they'll lose the pick and they get a makeup pick uh that's interesting because that sucks that's a waste so then you're picking from scraps uh it's going to be and then what happens to Kumar can he sign with whoever it goes back to college maybe no Baseball is not like football. You have to you either go either go out of high school, you go straight to the draft, baseball, or you go to college and you have to be there for four years. You can't leave after two or three or one or whatever like that. You have to stay Who, there for four. 
who signs first in New York, Kumar Rocker or Zach Wilson? <laughs> well, Zach Wilson is supposed to be at training camp right now, so I would assume him. He has a time. I know, but he yeah. if he wants to be a productive rookie quarterback, he's got to fucking figure it out. So one would think if he wants to be successful this season, he's going to sign. Name Name a rookie quarterback in history where he waits to sign his contract, like he holds out because he doesn't like his rookie contract. And uh, and his career ends up going like well for him, like or at least his rookie season. Johnny Menzel, terrible. Never, it rarely works. Yeah, I can't think of another one. Eli, there's more. No, I thought Eli signed pretty quickly after. Maybe he didn't. I could be wrong. Hmm. Anyway, let's yeah. get some. Let's let's not a lot of A's news. Uh, but there's we a covered couple. Most of it. Yeah, we covered most of it, but. Uh, Welcome to Oakland, Andrew Chafin. Yeah, we got a new. We got another, we, and there's another trade <laughs> that happened. Andrew Chafin. If uh, if you have if you don't know who he is, ladies and gentlemen, Google him right now. I'm gonna give you five seconds to Google him and just laugh. And if you have to laugh longer than five seconds, you can pause this podcast. Uh, imagine Dustin from Stranger Things grown up. I just told you to give him five seconds, and you didn't do that. That was like five seconds. I that was, that was a Giannis free throw five seconds. I literally stopped talking, and then you immediately started. Giannis free throw five seconds. Anyway, um, he looks like an Oakland A. He looks like the type of guy that just hangs out at Linden Street Brewing. Like, you wouldn't be surprised to see him there in West Oakland. Or the type of guy who uh, is playing pool over at Mad Oak. Like, he just, he's got a mustache. He's got a little bit of beer belly. He's got some frizzy um, little fro going on. He just—he's great. He just like—he just kind of like—he has some swagger to him, and he's a pretty good pitcher at that as well. Yeah, uh, forty-three appearance for the Cubs this year. He's only given up nine runs, including one home run. Uh, he's got a two point oh six ERA with an point eight nine WHIP. We've one of the biggest needs we, we the team needs is bullpen help. And they definitely got it. Now, what is this going to mean for the rest of the pen? We'll see. We got a couple more days until the rest of the pen is lined up. But I love it. Uh, kind of some of the things that David Ross said about him was, you know, he's a really good teammate. I think he's going to blend in well with the rest of the weirdos that are in the pen. Um, and the, ex- the exchange was not too heavy. They did give a Greg Diekman who he's actually having a pretty solid season in Vegas. He is hitting 300, four home runs. I know some people are like, oh, why'd they give him up, blah, blah, blah. Look, if he was going to make an impact, he would have been in Oakland already. They give up him, and they also gave up a... Oh, I had the name in front of me. Oh, my God, where did it go? Daniel Palencia, they've signed him from out of Venezuela as a free agent in 2020. He's He's only in Stockton, single A, but he has a point six nine ERA and six starts, so nothing Let, you can really say about it. But the big guy was Greg Diekman. Um, I think great trade. He was the number teams. twenty twenty two prospect in our um, in our in the Oakland prospect rankings. Like that's cool, but you know Diekman was promise there. Yeah, yeah. I think um, people are just bummed because you're gonna get Diekman and Dykeman. Anyway. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, uh, when you Google his name, one of the first pictures that shows up is him in a shirt that says "Failed Starter," and he's got a big thumbs up, and he's looking right at the camera with the, just this glorious mustache. So, that's the kind of guy he is. 
Um, another one is of him with his sunglasses down, peeking at the camera. Um, it's just this. I mean, just go Google this guy, and you're just gonna laugh because he's hilarious. So, welcome, welcome. You're gonna get. A, you're gonna be best friends with Sean Mania. I just have a feeling. Yeah, I think I tweeted it that night. I'm like, did we just become best friends? Yup. Yep. Um, Julio. Um. Oh, okay. I think that's gonna do it for this segment, and we're gonna take a break. And we'll be well, unless you have more things to say about Andrew Chafin. There's gonna be a lot of puns coming from me. That's all I know. Stay tuned, and we'll be right back to talk more deadline stuff with the remaining pieces who have not been moved and pieces who have been moved. So, BRB. Welcome back to the Town Tailgate Podcast. Trade deadline time, folks. Um, the day that we're recording this is Wednesday, July 28th. Um, this will be released tomorrow, the 29th. So that means there will be two days left of the trade deadline. Um, but there's been, I was texting Julio about this earlier today. There's been a lot of action, uh, surprisingly. Um, normally it's, it's like there's a lot of action two weeks before, and then it quiets down until the day of, and then it's just like bang, 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 bang. But um, there's been a lot of deals the past couple of days, in particular last night and this morning. Um, so we're going to go through some of those, and then we're going to talk about who's left and make some predictions, maybe make some anal- analysis and kind of see if we can accurately um, determine where um, some of those big names are um, remaining. Uh, Julio, why don't, you, why don't you go start with the list of the guys who, who have gone already, besides the obvious two that we talked about already. Yeah, so this is coming from this past week since we last recorded. So first and foremost, we had Mr. Nelson Cruz was sent out to Tampa Bay from Minnesota in exchange for uh, two right-handers, Joe Ryan and Drew Stroltman. Joe Ryan. That sounds like just, Joel a, Ryan. A, just a, a man right there. Hey, what's up? It's Joe Ryan. Man's man. And then we also had Adam Frazier was sent out to the San Diego Padres. We just saw him last night make his Padre debut. He was sent over in exchange for infielder outfielder uh, to Copita Marsano. Uh, so Nelson Cruz kind of started the role, but I feel like this really started like the – it was like a chain reaction of like yeah. bang, 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 bang. And outfielder Jack Zuwinski and right-hander Mitchell Milano along. Uh, and then the Padres actually got some cash back in that. Right for that, we had uh, Tyler Anderson Dill. We already talked about that with the Pirates. But then former Oakland great Dick Mountain, a.k.a. Rich Hill. And it's kind of a weird trade. Uh, he was sent from Tampa Bay to the Mets in exchange for... Uh, infielder catcher Matt Dyer and right-handed reliever Tommy Hunter. Uh, interesting trade to say the least. The Yankees sent a couple relievers as well. They sent Louis Cess. Hold on, can I just bring up the fact that Rich Hill is forty-one years old? Uh, fine wine, baby. He was already pretty old in the A's, Adam. I think he was already like in his thirty-six. I know, but he's still, you know, doing his thing. Affecting shit, he's man. Like an, an an above-average pitcher. It's wild. Anyway, keep going. He had a good run, like in May or so. Uh, Yankee sent a couple relievers out to Cincinnati. Uh, Luis Sessa and Justin Wilson in exchange for a player to be named later. 
Uh, and then a couple of big moves happened today besides the Marte trade. We had Eduardo Escobar was from Arizona Car- oh, Cardinals. <laughs> Arizona Diamondbacks was <laughs> sent over to Milwaukee in exchange for catcher Cooper Hummel and fielder Alberto Cipriani. And then lastly, the uh, main event, nighttime, Joey Gallo will no longer be ta- ta- terrorizing the A's consistently. He was sent to the New York Yankees along with. I was about to stop you and be like, uh, he's still going to terrorize us. There's one more, one more series. series. He's going to terrorize us on one more series, but we faced the Rangers nine more times, the Yankees three times. I'll take it. He was sent yeah, along with okay. uh, Joey Rodriguez in exchange for uh, Ezekiel Duran, Josh Smith, which every other league has somebody named Josh Smith, Trevor Harver, and right handed pitcher Glenn Otto. That was your MLB trade deadline brought to you by Chris Martinez. Chris Martinez, Chris Martinez State Farm uh, agent of Walnut Creek. If you need insurance like a good neighbor, Chris Martinez is there. He actually, uh, want, he's sending us swag, by the way, Julio. I forgot to tell you that. Yes. Um, he, I told him I'd put his, I'd use his coffee mug every once in a while when I'm not using uh, oh, Brian's. Thing? The Kingpin's amazing coffee mugs. Yeah. And I, I told him I'd put, he's going to get us like a little a squishy ball I'm going to put right there. So he's going to be the official sponsor of our podcast. Wow. But the not f- pay us. Not paid. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, so those are the names. Let's go ahead and just run through it, man. F- hold on. Uh, fun fact, Julio. Um, three times three equals nine. Math. Anyways. C- get it? Because you said that. We faced the Yankees three times, and we faced the. the uh, Did you know? You know, your Rangers dad's a huge Beatles nine. fan. So it's like, instead of dealing with him three times that You're time, three times. Get it. Oh, look, his free throws. <laughs> Anyways, you know the whole John Lennon's like. I'll tell you what. Fear. There's not coffee in this coffee cup. I'm telling you that right uh, now. There, there's uh, John Lennon's fear of the number, or <laughs> not really fear, but John Lennon's connection to the number nine. No, what is it? Uh, he was there's – there's a lot. So he was born in the ninth month, I think mm. on the ninth day. Uh, mm. He was killed on the – Nine-nine. He was killed on the ninth day of December. Um, mm. There's a bunch of different things on like the number nine being connected to John Lennon. It's a hell of a weird thing. I don't know what the whole story is. But anyways. Well, Dad, if you know that, you should tweet at us. He doesn't have a Twitter. Just kidding. have him – Call you or text and tell this story. Anyways, look. Use use mom's Twitter and tweet it. Yes. Uh, yeah, these moves. Um, I The Yankees move, I think, is weird. I, I, good for him. I think he's going to really light it up. I don't think it's really going to help the team it, that much It makes much no sense run. at all. I mean, so we texted with the Sliders earlier today, and they were fucking livid, and they have a reason to be because they don't need offensive help. They need pitching, and what do they do? They go after an outfield, an outfield bat? Like... So I mean, look, and any help is great, but like, what do they expect? So they expect that um, they're gonna. It's okay if we allow ten runs as long as we score eleven. Like that's not how baseball typically works in the playoffs. I don't think it's necessarily the. They do need help offensively. Um, I, I it, they they still have pop, but they're pretty inconsistent in terms of just they don't have a lot of high on base guys. They don't have a lot of. Uh, walk guys on that team and Joey Gallo while he's gonna he's gonna hit like 15 
home runs, 20 home runs as the Yankee rest of the season. Mm. But, like, we know what his problem is. He still strikes out a lot. Yeah. Uh, I think he's going to be fantastic defensively out there, and I think that definitely helps them with giving them some athleticism in the outfield because they, they've needed that. But it's like, what's going to happen where – I forgot who put the tweet out, but they're like, their next series is against the Marlins. They're going to run out with an outfield of Stan Judge and uh, and Gallo. I'm like, that's not the three of the best guys you should have at their covering ground. Gallo's got a fucking cannon, but he's not the best when it comes to covering ground. And it's yeah. a weird trade. Who, who do you who do you who do you play in center? Then you put Judge. Judge I know Judge has some history in center, but like, yeah, it's a weird. Know. It's that weird sounds move. weird. And then you put Stanton in the left. I was really hoping he was going to go to the Giants. I think he would have been an awesome. He would be great for the Giants. Yeah, awesome fit out there. I think just seeing. I just I, it was also a curiosity. I wanted to see how many bombs he was going to hit out to McCovey. But it's a really weird trade. Uh, well, the thing with the Giants, where do you play Yaz then? Center? Probably center. Or, yeah. he, he's pretty flexible. Or Gallo also good. plays yeah, first, he's, he's too. So, like, That's true. you can, you know, give Brendan Belt occasional day off and have him at first. But, yeah, mm. weird trade. Uh, I don't know how much it really – how much better it makes them at the end of the day. It mm. makes them – it's going to be – you're going to see a lot of highlights because it's going to be, like, he's going to demolish the ball over that short porch. But – yeah, I don't love it. And I, it seems like Yankee fans are kind of the same consensus. But he also has to shave his beard. That's going to be weird. Yeah. He's only ever had a beard while he's been in Major League Baseball. Um, it, You know, I feel like it's 2021. Like, this whole, like, shaving thing. Like, it's Yankees, stupid. They're like, stupid. Come on, bro. Just, like, just come on, bro. Uh, what were you, what would, what's your trade that kind of stood out to you? Um, I mean, it's that one, but in order for, for – um, better conversation it um the rich get richer with the padres getting frazier um i get they have to make moves because they're how many games are they back from the giants oh no oh here it is they are six games back from the giants three games back from the dodgers in the a or the nl west um wild card wise they are sitting pretty in that second wild card, five games ahead of the Reds. But, you know, I do you want to go into a one-game playoff with the Dodgers or the Giants? Like, no, you want to win that division. You are expected to either win or be the number one wild card spot, host that wild card game. So, yeah, I mean, I get it. They already have a really talented roster as it is. It's clearly quite not enough for some odd reason. But... I don't know. That was a weird. I would have thought a star. I mean, they're still looking, so a starter would make sense um, to even tack up more on that stacked uh, rotation that is kind of underperforming this season. <clears throat> Blake Snell, cough, cough. Um, Boy, is but, it. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it. I I was just confused by it, and then I thought about it, and I thought about where they're at in their standings, and I'm like, okay, it makes sense, but like, it still doesn't. I, I don't know the logistics behind it. So you know, the next is more depth. The rumor is Hosmer's going to get traded and that yeah, he's going to be heard, a part I of a salary that. dump, um, which. So then you put Frazier at first. He's a second baseman, though, right? Uh, no, he's no. You'd put Frazier at second and Cronenworth would be first. But first, as okay, we saw yeah, today, yeah, because yeah. the A's kind of benefited out of Cronenworth's inexperience at first, um, mm-hmm. he cut he. He doesn't look as look. Eric Hosmer's a Gold Glove first baseman, dude. Like he, he's yeah. not his bat's not there. He hasn't been that great this year, but like he, he's fantastic defensively still to this day. So, uh, 
it adds depth. I think any team that I don't think they're done. We're gonna talk a little bit. More, I am gonna talk about that a little bit more later. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, one of the main one of the main guys out there. Yeah. They're, they're definitely probably going hard after. Uh, before we jump into predictions, who do you think made the best move of all these people, all these teams? I I think us, but or uh, yeah, but yeah, uh, yes, I'm, actually, I'm yes, just Abs- just no, absolutely, I'm just dude, I'm just absolutely. I think that it they just made a huge jump, and if this is the team that they stay put with, I'm not upset. Uh, for, you know, again, more humor in this conversation, it's not, you know, it's not to us. Uh, I think Tampa, because I think that they got exactly what they needed and it just, it just adds to that already very good, very talented team. And I think they, are they in first or they're in first or they are in first, right? Somewhere around there. No, Boston's in first. Let me see. They're back by. They're behind by two and a half games. I mean, this makes this a really competitive division now. And I think this puts pressure on Boston to try and make a move with one of these guys left over. Um, although, offensively, I don't know where they need help. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, okay. I really like Eduardo Escobar to the Brewers. Uh, we've talked. We're That's a good we're, one, We're, we're big Brewer too. fans over here. We love that rotation. The offense has really underperformed for most of the part this year. Um, yeah. By adding an an everyday third baseman now, I think it really kind of puts them over the top. I still see them as kind of the dark horse to take. We talk a lot about all these NL West teams, but I wouldn't be shocked if the Brewers are the ones who are going to come out on top at the end of it, especially if Yelich can come back and turn it around. Dude, him and Adamas on the left side yeah. of the infield, that's going awesome. to be top five in baseball. Yeah, really, right? really good uh, move by them. And plus, like, if you yeah. need to give – Adamas a day off. You need to give. I don't know who's starting at second right now. I know Hira has been up and down, but if you, Eduardo, you can put him all over the infield and he can play wherever. And yeah. I think he plays some outfield too. So fantastic move by the Brew Crew. All right, Chris, we're going to play everybody's favorite game that we just decided to make up right now predictions and shit. Yeah, blips and shits. That's a new segment that we're introducing um we kind of did it last year but it's called predictions and shit with an end not an end for those of you yeah. there who wonder. all right we're gonna predict uh the remaining um heavy hitters or big names of the uh deadline uh, julio let's say what the names are first i think we should just give no them yeah that. well okay so we got uh according to us uh, some of the big names off the trade market and corner us, but just like like baseball culture, like this is not like you know like if another guy that's not on this list gets moved, that's a bigger name than this, like we would be shocked. Exactly. Um, so we got Mister Trevor T- Story, Max Scherzer, Greg Kimbrell, Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, Javi Baez, Trey Turner, and Byron Buxton. Um, you know, actually, so basically the entire Cubs roster uh, and then, uh, Trey Turner, Byron Bucks. So we uh, actually, uh, lost a couple guys here because we initially had Gallo and Escobar and then we had to update the doc throughout the day because they got traded. Yeah. So I'm going to add Kyle Gibson in that mix as well. Cool. Yeah. We, so for listeners, we tried to have 10, we do a pre-show meeting the week, the day before our show. Um, we had 10 and then, and then three of them, uh, got picked up today so yeah this is where we're at awesome all right chris i'm gonna throw it to you first trevor's story where's he going man you don't have to get too in depth you could just say yeah because this okay okay 
I know he was linked to the Giants today, but that doesn't make sense to me because Longoria is coming back. Or According Cro- to my uh, Crawford. Jesse. According to my friend Jesse, Longoria is coming back, but I've heard that he's coming back for the past. But Trevor Story so. is a shortstop. Why does it make a difference? You could play him at third base. He's probably going to be an upgrade from Longoria in theory. Okay. If he can play shortstop, he can play third base. We it's, this isn't like an unheard of move that we've seen before. What? Um, he's definitely not going to play short. I mean, Crawford's probably better. Ugh, um, oh, man, this is fucking hard. I don't. He's not going to go with the Dodgers. I know the Dodgers have been rumored with him too, but that that doesn't make any sense either. Does that make sense to you? Depends on what's going on with Seager. If his injury is worse than we thought. I'm going to say Houston. What? Yeah, I don't know why, but I like that idea. Oh, no. No, that makes no sense. Here, I'll third just base. say mine. I'm going to let you. I'm going to let you. play third base there either. I'll let, I'm going to let you think about it because I have a team in mind. Um, because I'm trying to think like he I, I'm, I'm trying to think he can play middle infield slash like left side like there there's some the the teams that are linked to him like they all have shortstops damn near you know yeah. so like obviously they're thinking that he can play somewhere else and he's willing to do that it sounds like I'm going to say the White Sox um, Dave your boy Nick Madrigal Tim Anderson no but Nick no but their rumor is he's going to play second one of those two is going to play second, and um, they, you know, they they've been missing Nick Madrigal for some time. I think he's done for the year. I could be wrong. He's done for the season. Yeah, so if they got a big gap in second base. Uh, I don't think there's any major second baseman available right now, and I think it's probably the best upgrade for them. So I'm going to go with Trevor Story to the White Sox. What about what about Philadelphia? Okay, Philadelphia is four games behind the Mets. Who's their shortstop right now? Didi Gregorius. Is it is it still? Is it still Didi? Yeah, but that, I think that's a it's a good landing spot because it's like that's an upgrade from Didi. I think and so. Didi can play anywhere in the infield. We know that for a fact. He played third base last yeah. year. Yeah. All right. So you got the Phillies. I got the White Sox. Next up, Max Scherzer. Uh, I'm gonna say. Wow, that would be a hold on. That'd be a good <laughs> infield. Gene Segura at second, Trevor Story at short, and Didi Gregorius at fucking third. Wow. All right, yeah. But then like Alec Baum is at third, too. Yeah. Second rookie of the year. But he's also the outfield. Outside. All right, yeah. Max Scherzer. Uh, my bold prediction, uh, I think, is going to the Padres. I think the Padres are going to probably offer the best package available to the to the Nats. I think he would be willing to re-sign there because they're willing to spend. And I, I, if they do that, maybe they'll catch up. I don't know. But that, that makes the most sense to me. What about you? My prediction's the Padres, but um, I also I just want to bring up the Dodgers. It makes sense for him to go to the Dodgers. They just lost Trevor Bauer. Um, they need someone to kind of replace that role in the rotation. They've kind of been all over the place besides Walker Buehler and Juan and uh, uh, Julio Urias. Sorry, Juan. That doesn't make sense. Julio Urias. Um, they could use some help and some consistency there, um, and he would be he would just exactly replace that role that Trevor Bauer left. So. Um, I could see them going hard after him, but I do think he's going to go to the Padres because I think the Padres proved with the with the uh, with the Adam Fraser deal that they're like they're really going all in. Yeah, absolutely. Again, 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 yeah. which they did last season, but be, they have all the prospects to do it. They can fucking manage it. 
Next up. Man, they still have Mike Clevenger coming back next year. Oh, my God. They're going to be so good for so long. No, that's what we, look, we thought they were going to be with Blake Snell, and he's been ass. Yeah, but maybe it's one bad year, and then Clevenger comes back next year, and they're just like, you know, they got yeah. Darvish, they got Clevenger, they have him, Snell, they have... Anyway, All right, on. next up, Craig, uh, Craig Kimbrell. We're actually going to have a, a set of Cubs we're going to be talking about in a minute. Uh, Craig Kimbrell, I think he's going to be ending up in the city by the bay, and he's going to be a San Francisco Giant. The Giants have been having bullpen issues for what seems like since 2016. And I think if uh, they have, they still haven't figured out the true closer. I know Tyler Rogers or Taylor. Which one is that? Uh, isn't it Taylor Rogers? Yeah, pretty sure. But yeah, he, it seems like they don't have a solid closer situation. I think he would be excellent in that role. Um, so I'm gonna go with Craig Kimball. I'm gonna go with the other city by the bay. I think he becomes an Oakland. Oh, you bitch! Yes, I still think he does. I still think I really don't. I don't think that that David force is done. And I think that I, if you would have asked me yesterday, I would have been like, okay, no, like Andrew Chafin was that guy. But I think that after today's big Marte move shows that Billy and, and David force are not done. Like they want a championship contender team. They want the division. They do not want to play in the wild card. And, I don't know how many more series we have with with the Astros, so that might be a little bit tougher in order to gain. I want to say maybe one more series, not a lot, because we played a majority of the games with them already. Yeah, so we'll you know, but there's still a shot. We we've seen worse. The Astros in 2004 were back by like eight games or something like that going into September, going into August, and they made up that ground and won their division and went to the World Series. You know, like so, like it's stranger things have happened. Um, and I think he's a perfect a fit. I think he's going to the A's. I really do. And I think that we have some capital left to entice the already clearly fire sale Cubs. Um, uh, yeah. I'm just yeah. excited yeah. for everybody in, in right field, the bleachers, just to do the arm thing that he does, his windup. Right. All right, Chris Bright, next up. Um, I was going to say the Giants, but mm. – um, I think the Mets are going to make the move to kind of put them over the top and really take that division. They have a glaring need at third. They're willing to pay up. They're willing to trade some prospects. And really, I think they can they could extend him at the end of it. And I can see him in that as a Met for a long time. I like the Mets, but I'm kind of like intrigued towards the other team in New York. Yankees? The Yankees kind of, yeah. I don't know why, but I just feel like the Yankees, they're just going to be that stupid and go for another bat as opposed to us. I mean, this would have made more sense than Joey Gallo. Yeah, yeah. And I think if you're going to do that, pretty much you're going to give up on Gio Urshela, which I think that, yeah, I think that's a massive upgrade. And you know what? That, you, know yeah. what? you might think that's crazy, but now that you talk to yourself and me into it, I think that's actually a solid trade. I think that's a really good landing place for him. I mean, they need a shortstop more because Glaber Torres has been a massive disappointment. But Glaber's been fine. He's coming along want, now. Wanna, but he's, do you want to see his stat line? Because I looked. It uh, up he's on I my fantasy team. I, I, was, I know enough without him. Thank you very much. He's been he's coming around I, since I picked him up. But so when when uh, when uh, the four trains made that that comment on our on our Twitter, I decided to look up some Glaber Torres stats, and you'd be unimpressed. Pretty much, he had that one good year, the All Star year, when Jed should have gotten it instead of him. 
Um, and then it's been hitting 240, um, dancing around under 10 home runs, um, and uh, barely he has barely 30 RBIs this season. So, um, yeah. Yeah. There's that. Next up, another Cub, Mr. Anthony Rizzo. Um, I think he's going to Beantown. I think he's going to be a member of the Boston Red Sox. This is a this is a tough one, man. And I think, dude, uh, if they make this trade, all, also, I don't think I texted to you this other day. The World Series favorites for the Boston Red Sox. Ready for this? Plus eleven hundred. Still. I think, dude, I. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm. I'm, I'm in Tahoe this weekend. Yeah. Oh shit! You are going to Tahoe this weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do it. I think that's a fantastic deal. And the Giants are fourteen hundred as well, which that one's a little shaky. But it's like the AL. AL seems still kind of like a crapshoot still, like we talked about from day one. So, but but if the Red Sox make this move, everyday first baseman, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna. I think they'll win it. Oh. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, who, like, no one needs a fucking first baseman except for, like, maybe the Giants. The Red Sox. Like, Bobby Dalbeck's not the guy right now. You, but you, I wanted to change. I didn't want to go different from you. Oh, I see what you mean. I'm going to go with the Giants to because we've been similar a lot the past couple of times. And the Giants could, I mean, they, that would be an upgrade from Brandon Belt, and that would be an everyday first baseman. Oh, don't tell that to Giant so, fans. You don't want to. Peeve them by insulting Giants Brandon fans think? You think I give a shit what Giants fans think? Do you think I give a shit what Giants fans You're think? You're not wrong. They've been they've been latching on to, to their World Series run for too long. Sorry, it's time to move on. Maybe Joey Bart is a part of this uh, deal, and then you go all in on uh, just Buster riding out his career at at, at catcher. Yeah, yeah. Not or th- there's you think another take that or do you think that's too much? There is another catching prospect there. Um, I feel like Joey Bart might be too much for. I don't know. It's fucking Anthony Rizzo. Rizzo actually. Yeah, uh, Joey Bart is like they're saying like he's probably gonna get moved in any big time trade. The um, the Giants are gonna make, but we'll see. Next up, Javi Bias. Uh, I think he's staying. I don't think he's. I don't think he's. I think he's gonna be the one guy to stay in Chicago. Um, especially because of how con- like contentious this short start market is gonna be the off season. I think the Cubs are better off as a team if they just waited a little bit longer. And don't forget, he can play second. He can play second. He plays. He's played sub centered in the past, but I could see up. Uh, me being stupid was saying like, hey, you know what? I can see him ending up on the Angels. And he's going to be the starting shortstop of the Angels, even if they're not contending, which would be pretty dope for them. But realistically, I think he's going to be one guy to stay. This move has Dodgers written all over it. Really? Mm-hmm. You're gonna, that, is that your, your, your pick? I love it. I think that'd be... Sick for them. Yeah, this move this move has Dodgers written all over it. It's like especially if you play guy, second, the biggest name of the deadline that nobody quite like really like sees as a realistic thing, and like the teams are all like kind of saying like, oh no, like he's not for sale. And then the Dodgers come in and they offer the farm, and it's like too good to pass up. This has Dodgers written all over it. 
Yeah, he could play second, and like you said about Seager, he could play short. Um, at least until Seager comes back, and then they kind of figure it out. Um, all the, a lot of their guys are so utility guys. You know, they fucking play everywhere, and yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know what else to add to that. I, I, it says Dodgers written all over it, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, I mean, you're pretty much going to give up on Gavin Lux at this point, which. I haven't asked enough Dodger fans. You would probably be in that deal. Yeah, probably in that deal. Probably Uh, Trey Turner, who is currently out with COVID. Unfortunately, Trey get better. Um, I think this is going to be my spiciest one of all. I think he's going to Seattle and I think Seattle's Mm going to lock him up. Um, I know they got JP Crawford over there. He was a potential all-star at short, but uh, not too hard playing short from second. So there's going to be some flexibility there. Uh, they definitely do have the prospects to make it work. Realistically, I think he's going to stay, but him in Seattle would be a fantastic fit. Yeah, this is uh, Yankees for me. Um, he's an upgrade from Glaber Torres. Um, yeah, he's an upgrade from Glaber Torres. Simple as that. I don't. I don't really know what else to add to that. And he's, you know, I think it'd be a nice um, return for them for. Um, <laughs> for the Nats because um, Glaber's uh, on contract until 2025. So you can kind of build a little bit with him and take a reset. Um, I'm, I, I don't, I don't understand why they would want to separate with Trey in the first place, but you know, I'm not in the front office. So maybe they're just getting a lot of deals and they really want to throw it out there. Like, Hey man, this is how it's going to go. Like, let's do it. I don't know his contract situation. I'm looking that up right now. Uh, I think he's on a pretty team friendly one right now. Yeah. Oh, okay. So he's a free. It, he's on his rookie deal. He's a free agent in 2023. That makes sense. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's why they want to get rid. That's why they're saying that that they're open to moving him. Next up. I don't think he. Mo- I don't think he moves though. Oh, at the end of it. Predict. You don't have to. Yeah. You know what? I th- I think he stays. Okay. I think he's. St- I I thought we were picking no matter what. Okay. I th- no. 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 I think he's. Yeah. You can pick. You can say if he yeah. stays. Uh, Byron Buxton, who uh, is projected. A- hopefully come back sometime in august the the twins were looking to extend him that deal fell through and they're looking to possibly trading him that being said i'm going to take one of chris's teams has already mentioned i'm going to say the phillies they need to upgrade in the outfield i think if you have a trio of him healthy him bryce harper and andrew mccutcheon they can still make a fighter like a puncher's chance at that division and i think he'd be a pretty good upgrade I almost yeah, said I the Giants, goes, but no. Uh, that was that's on my mind too. But I don't think he goes either because I just don't think that there's a market for him. With him being hurt, I just don't. Yeah, I just don't see it. And I think that the Twins think that they could figure it out. Okay, okay. Uh, Kyle Gibson, he's been electric with the Rangers this year. Uh, he's on another year control, but the Rangers looking to move him. My prediction is, I think this is the guy the Dodgers are going to pick up to replace Trevor Bauer in the rotation. Um, I, and I think they're not going to overpay for any of these guys. They're going to kind of let the, the Padres and the Giants do it. But they'll probably get Kyle Gibson just at the right price to make it worth that. that those prospects they would give up. 
Uh, I think he goes to the Yankees. I think he's gonna. They're gonna address their their rotation problem because I think that they've just got shit on by social media so much today from the Gallo trade that they're just like, okay, yeah, maybe we should take this a little bit more seriously with our rotation. And I think they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna go for uh the best starter kind of on the market besides um, Max. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think it's him. Okay. Last but not least, Mr. Jose Barrios. He's been out having an off year in Minnesota, like pretty much the whole franchise has. He's been on the chopping block. Um, I'm going to say the Astros are going to make it. I don't want it to happen. He can really sure up that rotation. But we'll see. The guy's kind of... He's pretty much the Twins version of Lazardo in a way. Whereas like, there's been some seasons where he's just like, brilliant like this guy's gonna be their ace and then the following season just falls off a cliff so we'll see whoever does pick him up if he does stay or not what to make out of it what you got i saw i saw him link to the nl west that um the giants and the dodgers were going heavy after him today and and those were i think that was ken rosenthal and they were like specifically he listed those two teams so it's going to be one of those two teams. I think that the Giants are going to go heavy after because they sounds like could use a little bit of pitching help. Um, their rotation is – I like Kevin Gaussman. They have some interesting pieces, but they could. this would be an upgrade. So Johnny Cueto, I, I, bro? I, I, what, you got a problem with Cueto? Johnny Cueto's been good too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's no, good to shoot. Yeah, he has been. He has been good. Um, but – um, yeah, I, 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 I like I like I like him for the Giants in general. He's like a kind of like a, a lower key like name, you know, like kind of floats on the radar. And 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 uh, those are the type of guys they typically get at the at the deadline. Guys like um, wasn't Vogel song a, a deadline guy? Well, no, I know Jake Jake uh, Jake. What's his face was um, Vogel song wasn't I don't think um, Jake uh, starts the P. Oh my God, McKee. Oh, Jake no, Peavy. Peavy, Jake Peavy. Yeah, you know guys like that. And then they come to the Giants and they just fucking crush it. So I can see him being one of those guys. All right, now before we wrap up this segment, uh, David Forrest. They somebody asked him if the A's are done. He, more or less paraphrasing here, saying they're done making major moves like this size, but he could see them still kind of filling in those little empty pieces um to quote he said we're still we're still going to be taking phone calls and and give and sending some phone calls in the next 48 hours yeah which good gotta be active man that's what you gotta do be proactive about the situation yeah so chris give me your last trade prediction for the a's i know you said crane cribble uh is there someone else that stands out to you that you think the a's are going to make a move for or do you want nope. to stay Craig Campbell. Craig Kimbrough. I understand. Now, who do you, who do you, I, do you, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, okay. hold on, hold on. I under, I get to the listeners out there that this is like eye rolling because they just made the trade for Andrew Chafin. It doesn't make sense that they would go back to the Cubs and make another trade. If he was going to be a part of a trade, it would have been a part of the trade um, with Andrew Chafin. But teams get desperate when they're trying to sell off their players because they want to try and rebuild. So I can see a desperate Cubs manager crawling back to David Forrest being like, okay, man, what do you, everybody's backing out an hour before the deadline. Everybody's backing out. What or this person's offering this? What this person's offering this? Do you still want Kimbrell? And what are you offering? And I could, I could just see that happening. So I do think it's still Craig Kimbrell. 
what would your hypothetical trade for Kimbrel look like? Ugh. Take your time. But you're on the clock. Frankie Montaz. Oh. Logan Davidson. Robert Pousson. Okay, so heavy on the prospect side. Frankie, yeah, Frankie is going to be kind of interesting because it's like who's going to fill a slot unless they make a starter prediction with that one. Yeah, that's the shitty part about that. So I think that's what kind of would kill that deal. But unless you had AJ Puck healthy, which he's not. No. So I don't know. Yeah. Maybe not Frankie. I don't, but yeah, I don't want to put Dalton Jeffries in there because I feel like that's an important part of the future. But I don't know. I don't know. I feel like those other two prospects are solid, though. I don't, I, no, I absolutely. I think that's that's going to help them in the long Soder, run. Even Tyler Soderstrom is going anywhere. No. I think he's playing too well. No, not at all. Yeah. Uh, my bold prediction is I think they are going for a closer. Or at least closer or a arm in that back end area but i think they're going to stay in division <laughs> back in sound like um oh ian kennedy no what's what's the uh the pete davidson skit chad <laughs> on snl yeah okay yeah okay yeah okay uh rasiel iglesias I, he, oh he's been didn't see that coming yeah iglesias has he been linked to anybody? Uh, he is on the trading block, or he his name has been rumored as a part because, you know, as is tradition with the Angels, you get a guy for one year and you end up having to trade him. Um, yeah. But he's been a name that's been linked for some time. Um, and I think that would be a really great fit to really solidify that bullpen. Whether mm-hmm. this he takes over the closing role, whether... Um, they're going to stick with Trevino and he's going to be like a setup man extraordinaire. I think this would be the move that I can confidently say after that happening and be like, cool, we're going for it. Like him or Kimbrell, I, I, I really don't think Kimbrell's going to happen. But if they can get somebody of that arm talent, I'm like, all right, they're going for it this year. Um, could you see them trying to make an upgrade at second base? They don't need one, but could you see them just like overcompensating and trying to? They really don't need one. Jed has been a lot. Uh, he's been like he. I mean, he's been good all season, but he's been like exceptionally good lately. His average has gone from two forty to two sixty three in two and a half weeks. So I I I thought about it, but um. Because, like, yeah, I think they, they could have some more depth in the middle infield. And the biggest thing has just been, like, the whole um, Chad Pinder situation. We haven't heard anything since he's yeah. been put on the injured list. We don't know what's going on next with him. Um, and if and it if feels Pinder- like Tony Kemp plays every day in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, and I think honestly, Tony Kemp has probably been the biggest one of the bigger surprises this year, how effective he's been throughout the season. 
And um, but that wear and tear is going to get to him eventually. You would think, right? If he's like some, like he's taking two at bats uh, at bat a game because he's going in for in left field or he's going in shortstop. He's going in second base, giving some relief. I don't know. Yeah, I um, I think so, but I think that's going to be the guy to stay around. But I don't think it's going to be pretty. I don't think it's going to be super expensive to pick up Rasiel Iglesias. Hmm. Uh, my bold prediction is they're going to give up Paul Blackburn, who's just pretty much chilling out there in AAA. I know he got DFA, but no one picked him up, right? Yeah. Uh, I think he's going to be a part of that trade. But um, what else would he give up? Yachtel? I'm going to say Paul Blackburn and Logan Davidson. Um, I, I know the Angels infield yeah. they're set for the longest time with Fletcher and I think he ex- extended but then shortstop they're going to have a glaring need uh, Jose Iglesias is going to be a free agent in the offseason and I think Davidson plays both yeah so yeah. Spots. and honestly I think that's a pretty manageable trade you're not really blowing up your farm for some guys the farm that really doesn't have much going for it um yeah. I think that and that really sure up the back end of the pen. I'm tired. I dig I it. talking. That was good. That was a that was a solid list. All right, let's wrap it up, ladies and gentlemen. Um, we are going to be in Anaheim this coming weekend. Unfortunately for me, I'm going to be out of town. Otherwise, I would have gone to that game. Are you going to one of those games, Julio? I might go Sunday, but I'm. There you go. You I'm go I'm going. Uh, Xavier and Jackson might go Sunday, so maybe. No shit. Them. Okay, maybe I'll link up with them. But um, yeah. I'm actually going to Dodgers Astros on Tuesday night. Oh, nice! Yeah, I'm gonna boo the Hell shit yeah. out of them. But go Dodgers! Yeah, let's, let's go blue for that one. Oh, you're done. Okay, <laughs> um, yeah, and then uh, <laughs> next week uh, uh, we uh, we're with the Padres again. Uh, this time at home, uh, two game series to wrap up the four game of the NL West little thing that we're going on here. Julio, who is your player of the week this week? Hard to pick one because we sucked, but um, who's your player of the week? You know what? Uh, recency bias, Manihilator. Damn it! Ah, Damn suck it. You Think about it. Well, that's why sometimes bitch. you just don't throw it to me sometimes if you know there's somebody we want to go to. Son of a bitch. Uh, that's who I was going to pick. Sean. So for the listeners, he starts writing it on our rundown as we're doing it, and it's just upsetting. Yeah, Sean Manaya. Um, I tweeted it earlier, and it. our boy. Not really our boy. He's going to be our boy at some point. Dallas Braden has said it. If he can hit mid nineties fastballs, like that's it. You're not going to hit your. It's good luck. And that's what happened today against the Padres. He only gave up one hit. Uh, the pitch count did go up a little bit high, and that's kind of why he got taken out a little bit earlier than anticipated. But he's been racking excellent. up the strikeouts yes. lately, dude. He's the last two starts he has. 22 strikeouts like fucking hell yeah 13 and 9 like it's insane yeah he's been excellent uh this last few starts and this is what we need man um i think today what well, they scored what at 10 runs 11 runs um they scored 10 4 yeah they scored 10 10 4 buddy but um it just showed like you know the news came through like hey Days are making moves, and all of a sudden, just a spark plug came off on this team with this offense. But and I know Blake Snell's been terrible, but he's been pretty great at home. So to him, for them to get to him like that, a behind Manaya, 
confident. So um, really big confidence booster. Shamanai, you're my player of the week. Okay, I'm doing research while I'm talking to you. Because you stole mine, and I was confident that that was going to be mine. Um, so I'm weighing between... You know what? I think Otani... Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm weighing between Elvis Andrews, and I appreciate you helping me stall, and Mark Hanna. I'm going to pick Mark Hanna. Again? He's making a oh, that was your nice That was your, uh, your guy, too. Was it my uh, ETT last week? Yes. No, that was mine, actually. Oh, nice. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, mine... I think mine was a disappointment. Uh, oh, well, yeah, yeah, kind of. Anyway, all right, I'm picking uh, Mark Hanna. Uh, hitting 305, 304, sorry. Uh, only five strikeouts, seven hits, and seven walks. He's doing his thing again. He's back to normal, back to form, and I can't even wait to see what it's going to be like with Starling Marte hitting right behind him uh, at number two spot because that's just a different presence that you get in the lineup that uh, pitchers have to take. So maybe they're going to pitch a little bit differently to Mark, and maybe he's going to be more patient and get more walks. Either way, he's doing great. Proud of you, buddy. Um, that's my uh, that's my secondary um, player of the week, since my original one was going to be Shamanai. Angels tickets are currently $9 with Otani pitching me. on Sunday. What the fuck? Yeah, I'm going to go. I'll, fi- I'll, I'll figure it out. Nine dollars is the game. It's a it's an it's a day game. So day games at Angel Stadium is brutal. But like, what time is my flight? I'm down to go to three. Ooh, really? I'll pick you up from the airport and we'll go if it's that early. Yeah, maybe I can maybe I can move it to Long Beach or something. Hold on. Or Burbank. Fuck, it's not. And then it's not till five. Fuck. All right, never mind. Oh, we tried. That would mean that my parents have to wake up hell early, drop me off at the airport in Sacramento. It's like I would rather gamble all night. On Saturday night. I don't blame you. All right. Uh, our essential tools of the week. Last week, I had Mark Hanna, who Chris already highlighted. He had doing six for 23 RBI, seven walks, two steals, two doubles, five Ks. Fantastic week for Mr. Canna. And then Chris had Mr. Ramon Loriano. He went eight for 26. I uh, had one double, two RBI, six Ks. He had, I think he went three for three yesterday, if I remember right. Um, yeah, he did okay. He did okay. Yeah, solid. So, Chris, I'm going to give you the duties. I'll be a gentleman. Who do you got this week for your essential tool of the week? Can I pick someone that we haven't acquired yet? Sure. I pick Craig Craig Kimbrell. Craig Crimble? Craig Craig Kimbrell. No, no, no. Uh, I'm going to pick Starling Marte because I think that his presence in our lineup is going to be crucial to – see what it has in store for us in the future. Remember that first week when Tommy LaStella came there and he just, like, lit it up? He had zero strikeouts. He walked, like, five times and was, like, he was, like, I don't it, it something. It was, like, nine for ten or something like that. I don't, I don't, I don't, it's an exaggeration. I don't have it off the top of my head. But he killed it. I really think that that could be him. Um, and I, I think that we're going to know really fast what his presence in the lineup at the at wherever he is, which is probably going to be the two spot, is going to do for this lineup, and I think that it's going to thrive, like thrive, like what it did, what what our lineup did today. I see that being like a regular basis with him at the at the two spot. So I'm picking Starling. Love it. Um, Newcomer. Yeah, that, that was going to be mine. So that's why I threw it to you. You know, you gave me the first one last time, so I'm be. Um, I'm going to go with the guy I think we've picked Shook a few times ahead already, and it's Jed. Uh, he's hit. 
over 300 for the month of July. He's been killer. He's killing it. But I kind of, and the biggest factor why I chose him is it kind of goes back to the Marte deal, in my opinion, is that Canna, what makes Canna so good at the top of the lineup, the guy just takes so many pitches every single at bat and he gets up there. And now you're going to have two guys that have, that have the potential to just really see everything that's going in there for you. And Ollie's getting to the point where I think he still has some experience to gain to really kind of figure out pitchers in that sense. But for someone like Jed, who's a 10-plus-year major leaguer at this point, the guy's seen it all. I think, yeah, Ollie's going to benefit from this because he's more or less he's going to always have somebody in front of him and he can bring in those runs. But I think Jed's going to be the biggest bandit factor of this whole trade because he's been really hitting well in the four hole. Um, he's really, he's found the fucking found a youth, man. And I know we talked um, when we had Alex from uh, Ricky Henderson blog and when we had Jason from Locked On. Um, and we all said, oh, Ollie and all this stuff. Like, dude, at the end of the day, I wouldn't be shocked if like Jed Lowry just turns out to be probably the most valuable player on this team because of like, yeah. The veteran, like his leadership, just his discipline at the plate. And I think this first week of having some guys who are going to be really looking at a lot more pitches is going to be benefit him the most because he's a vet. That's what he's here to do, man. He has such an important role, and there's a lot of pressure on him with that. And I feel like, you know, the leadership um, role of his, there's, there has been some pressure taken off of him with, with the acquisition of Elvis Andrews, which is great. You know, last time around 2018, there was a lot of pressure on him being that that leader, and he was that. Um, but this time around, being such a crucial position, you know, and his his skills are kind of dwindling a little bit at that, you know, in the in the batting order. Stalin Marte is going to be a great relief for him, and so him batting at like the fifth spot instead of the second spot, I think, is going to be very interesting. And also, it's going to give us more consistency at the middle of our lineup, which we haven't had. It's like it's consistency ish at the top. And then it's power, but no consistency with that power. It's like Ole, and then it's like Mitch Moreland, who's not very like reliable, or it's it's uh, I don't know Elvis Andrews, who's not really reliable. So if we can get someone in there who can like kind of bring a little bit of fire to the middle of the lineup, I think is pretty important as well. Yep, so I like that pick. Big time. All right, folks, that's gonna do it for the Town Tailgate podcast this week. I hope you enjoyed this episode. A lot of uh, stuff, and we'll recap that next week, and we'll see where these guys went, and we'll uh, kind of see if me and Julio were winners or losers. Um, anything else to say about that, Julio? Um, no, make sure to go give us a follow us on Twitter. We just reached 500 Twitter yeah. followers. Thank you all so much. Yeah. We appreciate the That's love. We appreciate the interaction with all of you, even even if it's negative interactions. You know, It's just nice to have our ears to the ground and kind of feeling what people's oh, yeah. heartfelt reactions are to us. Like, please keep them coming. Make sure to support all around the diamond stuff. And um, uh, also the Olympic baseball, uh, 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 baseball, the Olympics started yesterday, but Team USA, which is why I'm wearing my Team USA hat. For those of you watching on YouTube, I've been wearing this all episode. Um, they have their first game on Friday. It's extremely early in the morning, um, but, you know, worth it. Um, uh, shout out to Team USA softball, won the silver medal. That's what's up. Go you guys. Um, but yeah, baseball starts on Friday. Check it out. If you're get home drunk from the bar and you want something to watch, it'll be on TV. Um, so go team USA, Edwin, um, Jackson, former Oakland great. Yeah. Um, Scott Casimir, former Oakland great. Two guys that you could look out for on that team. 
Um, Nick Allen, future open grape. Nick Allen, future open grape. Touche. Well played. Um, last but not least, Julio, unless you have any, something else to say? In Oakland, we got a Marte party going, baby. Let's go, Oakland. Is that Marte party going on at Linden Street Brewing where Andrew Chafin is sitting there sipping he, on beer? He, and talking Andrew about Chafin hosted the party, things? and then the Marte party started. Boom. Let's go, Oakland. The Town Tailgate is an independently produced podcast. It is written and executive produced by this guy, Chris Madrigal, <laughs> and my partner in crime, Julio Reynoso. It is sound mixed and edited by yours truly. Social media management and marketing is run by, once again, my partner, Julio Reynoso. And a special thanks and shout out to my brother, Larry Madrigal, for composing and producing our theme song, as well as graphic designing our album cover and artwork. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Please tune in next week. Please subscribe. And last but not least, as we always say, let's go Oakland.